Welcome to the One Rental at a Time podcast. This is your host, Michael Zuber. This is the show where we interview guests involved in the real estate business, from experts to newbies, wholesalers, flippers, buy and hold, apartments, commercial, notes, hard money, Airbnb, mobile homes. It doesn't matter. If you're involved in the business, we want to talk to you. This show relies on referrals and recommendations from our listeners. If you know someone we should talk to, please make a recommendation. As the author of One Rental at a Time, The Journey to Financial Freedom, I'm dedicated to helping you take your first or your next step on your real estate journey. But I need your help. We need to spread the message of One Rental at a Time Works. Please share this podcast, my YouTube channel, and of course, my book, all called One Rental at a Time. Thanks, and let's start the show. Hey, everyone. Thanks for coming back. We were uh, just getting into the hard questions. They were starting to grill me, uh, Chantel and, and, and Joel, and they had a great question. So why don't we just uh, go back to that, re- repeat the question, and, and we'll dive in. All right. So we were speaking with some um, hard money lenders uh, this week, and uh, he has um, about 20 years of real estate investing experience. And um, he was saying that to keep your money uh, in the bank and always use other people's. Um, so my a couple questions were, can you do this even with down payments? Uh, he says you can use them to finance even repair costs, uh, use them um, as the hard money lenders. And any advice on this that you have? Yeah, so, th- so there's a lot there that he is sort of saying without saying. So mm-hmm. is it possible? Absolutely. Uh, there are plenty of people um, you can actually watch the, I think it's interview number four, or maybe it's three, Jason Pritchard on my channel. Um, he does that. He borrows the purchase price and the repair cost from a hard money provider. So he has very little, if any money, sometimes it's closing costs he has in the deal, but basically it's nothing. Uh, and then what he does is over the next four to five months, he, he um, uses the repair money, raises the cost, sticks a tenant in, and then his whole vision is to go back to a bank and refi out. His plan thus far is working perfectly. He is refiing out, I think he said there was one exception, but let's just put like a couple of grand. But basically he's right, refiing everything out and paying off the hard money lender. And essentially he has the house now that's renting cash flow wise. Um, so yes, it is possible. And yes, people are doing it. However, what's not being said there, he is probably spending eight to 12 grand in fees and interest that, um, if he was willing to just put 20 or 30 down cash, his own money and put that at risk, he could save that. And he gets his 30 or 40 K back. Right. So if you don't have any money, Yes, you can borrow it. There are lots of hard money vendors out there that will loan you ridiculous amounts of money on assets, charge you exorbitant rates <coughs> with high interest because it, the market kind of makes sense now. They can, they can get away with it. But you're not left with any margin. However, if you take 20% of the purchase price, your equity, you go to the bank who has like, you know, they'll charge you a thousand bucks where hard money will charge you 8,000 they'll charge you five and a half percent interest. The hard money will charge you 12. You could run the same process, except at the end of the day, you're left with your cash back and a lower interest rate and a bigger margin. So he's yeah. technically correct, but 
he's basically just trying to pad his wallet, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah. The good, the good news yeah. there is, you know, if you ever found two deals, you could do one with your money. And if another deal came across, remember your path, right? The, the, yeah. the, whatever that's called crosshairs. It's good to know you have another option, right? Use the hunting yeah. analogy, which I apparently <laughs> stuck at. I've never been hunting. <laughs> I have no idea what that little freaking target thing is. Um, but yeah, so hard money vendors can work. It's, you know, but I, I've just seen so many people, you know, do a deal that they should have made 20 or 30 grand on make four and they had the money. They just paid all the fees and all this stuff. And then they go, well, I had an infinite return. I'm like, yeah, you put $4,000 in your bank. Big whoop. Or, you know, it could have been 25. So yeah. that, that's my thought on that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely gives us some, uh, some stuff to process there. <laughs> yeah. So just one more thing on that. Banks, like when I say conventional to the first question, the one that sort of closed out the previous video, one thing that went unsaid that maybe I should have been clearer on is banks only want to lend on pretty properties, right? So if you're going into, if like the 60K house like was missing a bathroom, not saying it is, mm -hmm. but if it was, they're probably not going to lend on that. So then conventional is not even an option. So hard money would be your yeah. only option, right? So yeah. Um, well, yeah. and that, that can help with criteria, even looking for houses as well, making sure they are the pretty houses, you know, for the banks and stuff. So yeah. To and, get the and, I, loans and, and one of the things you could do is you could talk to an appraiser, right? Because one of the things right now banks want to do is they want to sell everything to Fannie and Freddie Mae. So talk to one of the appraisers and figure out the things that they look for, right? Because the property doesn't have to be perfect, but it needs yeah. to have certain things like, um, and let them tell you what that is. I don't know what it is in Louisiana, yeah. but here in California, they have a big, big bugaboo about peeling paint for some reason. I, I don't know why, but they do, right? If the, the house is peeling, they're not going to lend on it. Uh, and I don't know what it what might be in Louisiana, but ask an appraiser. They'll tell you pretty quick. Okay. Okay. Um, so next question is, uh, in your book, you talk about your Norris Drive offer. You wanted yeah. the seller to take back a second mortgage of 10000 of uh -huh. the offer price since yep. you needed the cash for repairs. How yep. does that work? So we, it was actually Ferris that we did that on. So that was the second one, but that's okay. Oh, okay. Um, it, we, he, we created a second mortgage. So we got a first loan from Bank of America for about a hundred grand. And then we just established a second, uh, it's called a second deed of trust and a, a second mortgage. Like, um, yeah, just a second mortgage. And we filled out the paperwork, went through ESCO and I sent them interest payments um, for three or four years before I had to pay them off because there was a balloon payment at the end of that. Uh, but that just comes from talking to the sellers and lots of sellers will take back small seconds because they want, they don't want, not everybody needs all their money right away. Sometimes they yeah. like some interest. Yeah. So, so it's we, just a yeah, conversation. That. so that's, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It doesn't, again, it doesn't work all the time. Like if, if you're buying a house for 70 grand and they owe 68, you're not going to get a second. But if you know, yeah. you, you're buying a house and it's own free and clear, I might even offer owner financing first right? Like if they own a $60,000 house and there's no debt, I'd say, you know what, why don't I offer you 62,000, but then let me give you like 4% interest or something, right? So you can get creative with owner financing. It's, it's pretty powerful when, when done correctly. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, let's see. Um, you had mentioned a uh, part uh, in your book that the bank said that you own too much real estate at one point. Yeah. Is that correct? Yes, so I did. How how can that not be a good thing? <laughs> oh man, that was painful. Yeah. So you, you just, I mean, just to relive that, right? So 
So the market rolls over, right? So we're probably in 2010 and literally everything is on sale. It's like going to Nordstrom's or wherever, right? Wherever your fancy clothes shopping place is and everything is 75% off. However, they say we only buy with euros. That's what happened. And like I live in the US, I don't have euros, right? Yeah. Um, so the banks basically said no lending to anybody who owns property. They literally said, how many properties do you own? And I'm like, I don't know, 52 or whatever the number was. And they're like, sorry, can't lend to you. I'm like, I never missed a payment. I own apartment buildings. I have you know, a seven figure net equity and I have a decent income. What's the problem? Sorry, sir, we won't lend to you. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? But basically they just, they blamed real estate investors for the 2008 crash and they were not lending to us. And they didn't lend to us for five years, right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Painful. So it was just the market, the way the market changed. Yeah. And that's a big thing, right? Markets have yeah. cycles, right? Pricing cycles, lending cycles, interest rate cycles, supply demand cycles. You talked about a cycle for employment, right? There's a lot of people coming in for oil and gas. There's a cycle there. Um, and, and you have to watch all of them. There's not one cycle in real estate. Yeah. I've been learning that through some of the, uh, just the different real estate investors around, like, you know, you don't just learn stuff about real estate, get in it and stay there for 30 years. Like it's going to, you're going to have to stay and figure yeah. it all out. And it's playing music. <laughs> yep, It's playing music. You just have to keep learning how to yeah. dance. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, okay. So you also mentioned that y'all didn't splurge much, which we kind of talked about that a little bit. Um, y'all took it all and rolled back into the next purchase. So did y'all even take like the positive cash cash flow that you were making from the rental properties and stuff and roll that back in. So just everything, everything we lived on. Um, we lived on about 40% of my income and everything else went back into the business, everything cash flow refis. If we had a tax return, if I had a bonus, everything, 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 we, all of our needs were covered. Our, mm -hmm. most of our daughter's wants were covered. Um, but everything else went back to the business. Everything for and y'all did that for like ten years, right? Ten. Ten hard years, yeah. And, it, and you know, if I asked Olivia, she would probably say fifteen. But we yeah. got a little, <laughs> we got a little lax there at the the last few years. <laughs> yeah. So you'd say pay off, paid off though, right? Oh, there's no question. And and really, we we had the conversation on the couch about what we were going to do, and we 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 never wavered, and it just mm -hmm. it became a habit, right? The first. I remember the first couple of years we got to summer and like we were going to do our summer vacation. We're like, Nope, staycation. Right. You know? Yeah. So um, it just became a habit. It, yeah. And it, we didn't even think about it after a couple of years. It, do, it does. It's hard. The first couple though. Yeah. Well, we've been a, uh, uh, he's one income family. We've been one income family uh, for almost the whole time we've been married. 16 pretty much. Years. Yeah. 16 years. So, we've learned to be pretty frugal. We've learned some, you know, Dave Ramsey techniques and things yeah. like that, you know? So, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of ready to be done with that a little <laughs> bit more, you know, hence my dreams that you hear. Yes, <laughs> that's, no, that's good. No, yeah, you can get there. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so too. So, okay. So the next uh, question is, uh, rental flips, auctions and foreclosures. Oh my. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, did you have minimal experience with this? Uh, did you decide early on that you would only do rentals? Yeah, it, it um, you know, so I was 30 years old, you know, I was frustrated, been burned in the stock market. I had a demanding full-time job. 
uh, I pretty much knew what I couldn't do, right? I couldn't flip. Wholesaling wasn't a thing at the time, but I couldn't do that, right? Because I couldn't market. I, I couldn't build a team. Um, my market was two and a half hours away. Um, so yeah, I, it very quickly became um, buy and hold rentals. And again, it never was about the income, right? It, it was about the long-term income, right? The 15 to 20 year income. Did I need the extra $100 that month? No, hence we kept rolling it into buying more and more fixer properties. Um, so it, w- it was about the long-term vision, right? I had a vision. I actually had a vision to be done at 50 and we got done five years early. That's um, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Took, took a lot of work and, you know, a little bit of luck, but that's okay. Yeah. Because uh, we've learned, like we've, I was asking that because um, we've kind of talked about, like we go, we go to the summer sheriff sales, we went just to kind of fill it out yeah. and stuff. And then um, we kind of learned, oh, well, there's, there's this and there's this and there's this. And it's like, oh, you know, and so. Yeah. We're like, yeah, maybe that's not probably, that's not such a good idea for our first, you know, yeah. especially in the beginning. Yeah. I, I bought it. I bought out of the MLS, right. I, I, yeah, you know, I or realtor.com or Redfin or whatever. And the reason I did that is because I can learn a market. So this is what I did, right? So I, what I would do for Lake Charles is I would pick a section, I don't know, a eight block, 10 block, whatever. And I would dominate understanding that market. I would look at everything coming on, everything that's sold. Talk to a real estate agent if you know one and say, hey, give me the last year's sales in this area. And just know that. Because what, when you look at that over and over and over and over again, you're going you're gonna to be able to identify, is it a bad deal, an average deal, a good deal, or a great deal? And you really can't do that by getting lost in sheriff sales and tax deeds and all this yeah. other nonsense. I've been doing this for almost 17 years now and I don't do any of those things, right? Yeah. If, if it's, there are people that do it very well, but they've spent the time learning it. And I've, yeah. you know, I don't get divided focus back to your goals for the year, right? Don't do flips and rentals focus, focus, yeah. right? Don't get distracted. Maybe in five years when you know, you're getting a little, little good, then go do share sales. Cause it's another way to consider deals but by then you have five years of foundation and you can identify a good deal and a great deal like that it's hard to do that then you have the pressure of the auction house and the gavel and i mean who knows what happens yeah because it seems like there's a lot of red tape like even in uh pre-foreclosures or foreclosures you know you can put offers in but you're not guaranteed anything and you got to wait all this amount of time and it's Mm -hmm. like oh you know yeah let's just let's just move on we're ready to move you know yeah bless you (laughs) thank you (laughs) Um, okay. So I had, I had a question about leveraging equity. Yeah. Um, you would roll all the positive cash flow back in. Did you ever leverage equity and how did you do it? How did yeah, you we did. Um, we bought, so the, we bought three houses with the $40,000 we had started. And then uh, I think we did the first reef cash out refi about year three. Uh, and we bought another house and, and that's actually in the book. I talk about turning Norris drive into an alligator. It's because I, I did a cash out refi leveraged equity and bought another asset. Actually, I think I bought two properties with that cash. So be careful. Yes. Leverage equity, especially as you're building and growing, uh, the ability to reuse capital is awesome, but never put that first asset at risk of being negative. So instead of taking out the 40 or 50 grand, that I did, because again, I didn't know any better, right? The bank said they'd give me 50 grand, I took it. I didn't know. I probably (laughs) should have only taken 30 out, kept the first asset performing, and then bought another asset instead of 
turning that first asset into a dog and then buying two other ones. So um, yes, when in th this, that's why market cycles and time are your friend in this because you will be able to reuse equity uh, or leverage equity to your question. It's, it's a big thing. And then what I did again on that same asset is I did a 1031 exchange. So the price kept going up. And then at some point I thought it was so high, I sold it and I exchanged that money into an apartment building. So yes, 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 yes. If you buy something, you're not going to just own it for 30 years in my model. You're going to, you are going to leverage that equity when it makes sense, whether it's going to be a cash out or a 1031 or something. Um, yes, use that. Okay. And as far as property managers, when, when did you decide to jump into that? Um, after the first day five, one, ten? no day, day one. one. Yeah. We didn't have a choice. I think that's I, what I'm going to do. Yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> it's, it's don't, don't, don't property manage your own stuff. It's way yeah. too stressful. You already have a day job. You don't want, you don't want to impact your day job. You don't want it's pay someone it's, you know, it, but your job's to manage the property manager. That's not yeah. easy. Right. I fired the yeah. first five. Right. Yeah, that, that's not fun. Too. Yeah. But once yeah. you find one that works, treat them well, man. Just go. Yeah. Yeah. Don't manage your own stuff. I think it's a mistake. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to get the midnight phone calls or, you know, have to kick somebody out or, or whatever. I just I want to hear the, I don't want to hear the sob stories. I act like I'm a big tough guy, but you know, you tell me I your know. next door neighbor's cat died and I'm going to feel bad and ah, I'm just too soft. Uh -huh. I heard you talking about that and I'm like, that's so us. Like, <laughs> we have to get a property manager right away. Yeah. <laughs> we can't do this. Yeah. We'll be like, sure, you can stay here for six months on us. Oh no yeah, problem. no problem. Yeah. I'll just I'll I'll pay the mortgage without your help. No problem. Yeah. Why don't we just write sign the house over to you? you know, just <laughs> call it a day. You know? Yeah, exactly. Oh. You should be done. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's awesome. So uh, so next question was, uh, you were talking about in your post homework section, um, like homework wise, uh, I had yep. already planned to do some of what you were talking about. Cool. Um, when I came across it in your book, uh, it's just a good reference and a time saver. It seems like, um, but how do you go about like finding your own comps and uh, rental pricing in different areas? Do you kind of search that out yourself? I know you said you kind of did everything yourself. You didn't yep. have like, um, real estate agents and stuff yep. constantly sending you stuff and all that. Yeah. So, so the good news is, is now the data is out there, right? You can go look at Craigslist or any of those things for rental amounts. So I would do a little bit of homework first, right? Look on Craigslist, look on Zillow, cause you'll see rental amounts. They're, they're posted. At least they are in California. And I assume they yeah. are in Louisiana. So the Zillow stuff is pretty accurate. You think? Well, again, if it's listed for rent, yeah, it's somebody actually posted that. Right. So that's okay. what they're asking. Okay. Right. Yeah, I know like some of the houses we look at, it tells some of this, like the zest or even, yeah. Like yeah. The so Z estimates. No, that, so if it's, if you're looking at an estimate, don't believe that. But one of the okay. flags on Zillow is for rent, right? Cause okay. people are now posting rentals there. Um, mm -hmm. So you can look there, okay. but that's not the end all be all. What I would do is do your homework and then I would call a property manager. Mm -hmm. right? Okay. You, we already know that you need one. Say, hey, I'm looking at buying a house on 123 Main Street. It's a three-bedroom, one-bath, 1,400-square-foot house with detached garage. We're, you know, we think it's going to rent for 950 What do you think? Okay. Right? Yeah. So go in with a little bit informed and then test them. Or you could do the other one of saying, hey, I'm looking to rent this, and what do you think? And then if they tell you 750 then you can call BS. Right? So this, yeah. getting just a little bit informed allows you to have a lot of great conversations. Okay. Yeah, I kind of figured I'd come up with like a spreadsheet and kind of map out some of those areas so we don't have to keep calling them back for those same spots and stuff like that, exactly. I guess. 
Yeah, that's why okay. I'm talking about get the little grid, right? So this area yeah. three one is this, and oh, this one's a hundred dollars more. Why is that? Oh, well, it's better schools, or it's closer to transportation, or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Makes sense. Okay. Cool. cool. Um. So let's see. I think that's um. I think that's about it. So in closing, I guess I could say, um, I heard a fellow investor recently say, you don't know what you don't know in real estate. So that being said, other than your big no-no of no <laughs> buying alligator properties, um, what would be your next best advice of what not to do to someone just starting out? Um, I guess the biggest red flag, and I'm not sensing this from you, but it is a red flag I see because I go speak at meetups and events all the time. When you come running up to me like, vibrating with excitement about real estate investing, you're, you're, you're destined to burn out. This business takes work, right? You're talking about the homework, right? That I've, that I've called out. That takes work. It feels, it's, it's repetitive. It, it's not fun, but you have to do it or you're going to make a bad deal. And if you're mm -hmm. vibrating with excitement and you're over energized and you're just like this kid on sugar, um, <laughs> that's not going to end well for anyone. And you're just going to burn out and never do anything. Um, but when yeah. you're measured, you're looking at the work, you're like, you talked about, right. You know, this is the next thing. That's the next thing. That's the next thing. You know, just the next brick in the driveway, you'll be fine. Yeah. J just keep me moving yeah. forward. And then the other one is, you know, I promise you, you're going to have bad days in this business. It's going to happen. I truly believe real estate investing you know, it's, it's the Murphy's law of real estate investing. It tries to kick you out for 10 years before it gives you all the great rewards. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Norris Drive would, could have, Norris, I believe Norris Drive would have stopped 99% of the people I talked to. And we would, I would not be talking to you today uh, if I let that little eviction in six months and frustration. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're going to have a bad day and I'm sorry. Um, but just pick yourself up, deal with it and, and move on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I mean, we've, cause we've been, uh, it's been a little frustrating cause we've, we've actually like, we're going to buy a house in October when we first started, we got all the legal stuff taken care of and everything. Yeah. And, um, but you know, it's kind of taken uh, a lot of this time to learn a little more patience and yeah. um, go to these monthly meetups and networking and reading books and lots right. of podcasts and just learning about, you know, like even the auction stuff going, checking it out saying, Hey, you know what? This isn't for us right now. Yep. These pre foreclosure things. We wouldn't have known about that. Had we not went and experienced it, you know? Yep. So we've just been taking, I've been taking this time to really like just learn all that, you know, yep. and just absorb it. And now yeah. I kind of, it's almost like, uh, do I know enough now to move forward? You know, yeah. so you can't if you, on. if you can answer the following question, I think you'll, you're there. What's your buying criteria? That's the answer. Yeah. That's the one you need to sit down and in, in, in your situation, you know, first video, you need to have that honest discussion with all three partners. Everybody has to be on the same page. That's, yeah. You know, that's one thing Olivia and I didn't have, right? We were, you know, we did this together. So, you know, one vote was the vote, her vote, obviously not mine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's just be real. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you need to sit down as a group and go, okay, what's our buying criteria? Because I'm not sure I know what that is after talking to you for, for a little while. Um, okay. But that's what I try to figure out. Because once you do that, it's, it's, it is that whatever you call that sight on the gun or whatever you want to call it. When something comes mm -hmm. across it, you go, guys, you know, or team, that's the one. Yeah. Are we, you know, time to pull the trigger or not? Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's what I would work on next. Okay. That's that great. makes sense. That sounds great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Oh, no worries. Thank you. And thank you very much for reading my book. That, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that was cool. So have you logged in and given me a five-star review yet? 
Well, I am actually on uh, phase two, uh, towards the end of phase oh, two. Oh, okay. So reading and reading, reading, okay. reading. I, I'll, so, I'll wait. I'll wait until you're done. That's fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. I love talking to new investors, getting started. Um, you're on the right path. You're measured. You're in this together. I, uh, every, every sign points to your success. So just keep going and have some fun together. Thank yeah. you. All thank right. you. <laughs> you got it. Take care.